You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I'm your host, Monique Russell. Today, I want to share a few themes from our expert guests over the past year. These are highlights that will tell you exactly what it means to be a business owner and community builder in the new global diaspora economy. So many of us want to start businesses, but what happens is that the businesses don't tend to last or they aren't really sustainable. You know, we're really good at getting that information, but not so much on self-awareness. My intention for this episode is to highlight and have us really step into having compassion for our community members who have not been immersed in the language of business and self-awareness. We're going to dive right on into it. My first guest was Dr. Melita Harris-Barrow. And in this conversation, she shared some thoughts and insights into why we aren't really successful doing business with each other. Let's take a listen to what she has to say. Uh, I, would, I was not taught anything, anything about Africa. I learned about Africa when I moved to the United States at age 16. And I was wondering, even at that point, why is it I was not educated of my history? And when I started traveling to Africa, all those that were colonialized by the British, that's who they do, did business with or do business with. So I started thinking, why is that? Why is it that we are doing business in Europe and not doing business with Latin America? And in fact, we are the descendants of Africa. We were taking as slaves from Africa. So that question kept bothering me until I arrived when I went to um, Ethiopia and also Abidjan. And I started questioning, why is it that you're not doing business with us? Well, I don't know anything about Latin America. The only thing we know is Brazil. And if you ask most Africans, when I mention Latin America, they say Brazil. So we were taught or trained to serve. We were taught and trained to do business with our colonializers. So now... It's time to open up that door. And that door is open now. And I know for a fact, and I will go back and say that not all Africans, there are Africans that are doing business in these regions, but most of them are government. So we need to expand in Africa, expand totally with this information. They have not done business on the free zone 
The second largest free zone is Panama. We have the second largest free zone. So when I ask how many Africans have done business here, not one, not one. This, this thing, what you are talking about is so powerful because a lot of times I hear conversations that, you know, um, especially Black people don't do business with each other. Why don't they want to do business with each other? Why don't they want to work together? Why don't they, why is there always this mindset of tearing down instead of building up or collaboration? And you touch so powerfully on understanding the history, understanding yeah, the history of this. Right, that, because oftentimes uh, when I arrived to the United States, this is the uh, metaphor that they told me. Okay, we're crabs in a barrel. This is what I was told. We're crabs in a barrel. I don't believe that. I believe that when we're talking about crabs in a barrel and that we're trying to tear each other down and we're trying to hurt each other, whatever it may be when it comes to business, that's not what it is. Is that we were not taught correctly and even how to do business with each other. Hmm. There's a competitive mind when it comes to business. Everyone wants to be ahead of one another, not realizing by working with each other, you're going to add value. So you see, understanding our foundational knowledge gives us a springboard from where to start. We may not be really great at building and all of those elements of building with each other, but do you know what we're great at? Gaining and consuming and collecting knowledge. You want to talk about technical skills or a certification, a degree, we got it. But we have to think critically about what was missing in that awareness process, like Dr. Melita said. Our degrees are valid and valuable. And, you know, the truth is we're going to continue to collect them as long as they're needed because we need options in the global economy. I call that options management. But if we're serious about using the education we consume to transform our lives and the lives of those around us, we need to take a look at what Dr. Luz Longsworth said. Uh, she's the former University of West Indies principal, and her message was around decolonizing our curriculum. I really like to focus on helping the young people. Let's take a listen. Yes, if I had that sort of superpower, it really would be to, to be able to touch in particular, our young people, and for them to be able to go back into the history and to understand why we are, how we are, and where we are. For example, the issue of crime among youth and crime among Black youth. You know, how is that influenced by the fact that we were never really encouraged, allowed to build strong families because that would threaten the hegemony of the enslaver. You know, you, you talk about Black men and, and the marginalization of Black men. Look at what has caused that. A lot of our researchers in the, in the University of the West Indies have done some really good work that links that sort of history to how our people behave now. But if they don't understand that, if they're not conscious of that, then there is no possibility of correcting it. So, so yeah, my magic power would be to, to be able to just enlighten our young people in that way so that they can correct the future 
for, for some of us in this age, we know it intellectually, but we may not have done a good enough job passing it on. And so that's really the passion, you know, that, that I have for working with youth in particular to help them to, to look into what has caused the behaviors and the problems that they're currently experiencing. The curriculum is a system. We have to understand systems. We have to be able to take the approach so that we are able to identify system. A system is a set of things that work together or an interconnected network or a set of principles or process or procedure in which something is done or a framework. So when you think about the curriculum, you have your subjects, math, language, reading, science, that's a system, that's a process for building knowledge in a lot of education institutions. So we're gonna explore some additional systems that are not as widely discussed. These are the pieces of missing elements that we really need to understand and hone in on if we're going to radically change our lives and our communities. Jennifer Tomlinson spoke to us about this in her topic on intersectionality of identity. And in this segment, that's what I want us to listen to right now. There are multiple ways you can identify yourself, but there are three ways that people can racially codify themselves. And that's through the term race, ethnicity, or nationality. And sometimes we use those terms interchangeably, even though they mean different things. For example, if I'm talking about Black issues in a space and someone comes in and says, well, I'm Brazilian, I want to participate, they're approaching the conversation based on their nationality and not their race. And so they can participate because we potentially could be experiencing the same or same levels of, of oppression, but we have to make sure that we are distinct in what we're talking about. So for race, there's only two races. I know people kind of get confused with this, but there are two races, black and white. And then there's ethnicity so that, you know, you can be Hispanic, you can be Jewish. There are multiple ethnicities in the continent of Africa that are differentiated by their language or similar cultures. And then you have nationality, right? Like I'm, I'm American, I'm Jamaican, I'm whatever. Some of us can have all three. So for me, I am a black Jamaican descendant that uh, ethnically I could be, you know, maybe Hispanic, right? Um, so someone could have all three identities. Some could only have one. People can say, well, I'm just black. You know, I'm just white. Um, I don't know my ethnic heritage or mm. I don't feel connected to my nation. So I don't ever lead with, or I don't ever think about my nation first. So those are the three terms that people use interchangeably when they're distinctively different. And you can't have clear understanding and clear, accurate conversations until you make those distinctions. Oh, okay. So we going to school here today. <laughs> so the limitation, how does this limit us in connecting with each other and connecting with ourselves? Yeah. So it can affect the way you see yourself. So I'll give an example. Uh, and it can affect the way we treat others. And the example I usually use is um, some people who might have an ethnic identity, but really don't have a racial one, can use their ethnicity to enter in cultural conversations and say, well, see, I want to be a part of this. And then also use that as a ticket to say, I don't want to have this conversation because I'm okay, not. Okay, stop there. Like, what are the elements that um, describe or determine somebody's race? 
Yeah, it's it's a made up concept. And you'll hear you've heard people say uh, social construct. It's made up and just as made up as it was uh, 400 years ago or 800, 600 years ago. It's just as arbitrary now. There are no real things that make you anything other than the color of your skin um, or how you present. So um, people think, talk about how after um, the slaves were freed in 1863, that some of the slaves that presented white tried to assimilate. Although they might've been descendants of slaves, they were racially appearing white. And so they tried to assimilate, right? They tried to live a life of a white person. And if they got caught, then they were arbitrarily categorized as black, even though they look white because of the one drop rule. Well, I know your great grandmother was black, so you're black. It really is an arbitrary system. So ask yourself as you're moving about your life and your day and your business and your connections and relationship, what type of system is present here? What type of system is present in this process? How can I improve this system? How can I ensure that this system is in my best interest? Language, race, culture, knowledge, and academics are all systems. So we've understood foundations of trust and business from Dr. Melita Harris-Barrow, and we understood the importance of history, really making sense of how we are the way we are by connecting to that history element from Dr. Lungsworth. We explored systems of identity, and Jennifer spoke about systems of oppression also in that full episode. Now let's talk about doing the work. What is good about understanding foundation and system if all we do is talk about it? What does doing the work look like? My guest, Clara, she is from the Dominican Republic, and she talked about the process of going on a self-awareness journey that opened up a new way of living for her. Let's hear from her on what was actually opened once she went through this deep awareness process. Well, the first thing, quite honestly, that I felt when I, after I started to really understand, like, what is systemic oppression? What is racism? You know, which is a systemic construct. I thought racism was something else. I thought racism was just like, oh, somebody treats you differently just because of the color of your skin. I didn't understand how ingrained in all systems of society it is. And quite honestly, I felt rage. <laughs> Um, for a very long time. That's what I felt. I felt enraged, quite honestly. And it made me really want to help other people awaken, especially from the internalized oppression. Based on the work that I do, I felt that at the beginning of my work as a coach, I was helping people kind of on the surface level of define your goals, reach your goals, overcome them, like work hard or work smarter. And that's one layer, you know, of, of progress. But then there's, there's deeper internalized things that we hold ourselves to these standards that are not realistic for a human being, especially as women of color. And I saw a lot of women judging themselves over like not being able to accomplish certain things. I, I understood finally in my life that it's not about working harder and it's not even about working smarter. Sometimes it's just having 
first and foremost, having that awareness of the air we breathe and the, the oppressive system in which we live. And then from there, figuring out life-affirming ways that we can live a life that is true and authentic to you, not to what other people expect you to be. And just like Clara Diaz said, you know, this process of understanding self first, it now opens up a whole new world. It also did the same thing for Wodemaya, a popular Ghanaian YouTuber who left his village in Ghana for a better life in China. Once he started to open up and change the way he saw himself and understood the history of why the negative thinking towards himself and his people was present in his life, it now spurred on a goal and an impetus to empower and inspire others and help them shift their perspective. I hope you're seeing a pattern here. Let's hear what actually happened in his journey. Want to go back home to promote Africa. So this girl was like, you know, you and I, we know we don't have money. How will you go to Africa and say you want to promote Africa? You don't have money. All these things, you need money to do it. So what I did was like, I really want to do it. Okay, so let's maybe I know so I have followers who watch my videos. So why don't I start from there? So I started like asking Africans. I posted on my wall, asking Africans that, hey, please, can you guys support me? I really want to go to Africa to promote Africa in a positive light. Can you guys, I mean, support me with something? Can you believe that my friends were telling me that, hey, you may want support you. you need to, if you need support, you better go ask you. And like, I have screenshot of it and all kind of things. So. What I did was, I have a very good Chinese friend, very good one. Recently, he came to Ghana, and um, I talked to this guy. Hey, you all know that I have so much love for the continent. I would love to change the narratives of Africa. And my guy is like, you know what? We can't do it. I was like, how? He said, there is a loan that I can take for you to go back to Africa, but make sure you pay the loan. Wow. I'm telling you, so my first trip of going to five African countries was on a loan. I didn't have the money. So this Chinese guy booked my flight ticket from China to Ghana, Ghana to Ethiopia, Ethiopia to um, Rwanda, Rwanda to Tanzania, Tanzania to Ghana, then Ghana to China. This was my trip booked on a loan. Now that's impressive, you see. To get to that point where You've done enough work on the inside of yourself that now you are taking calculated risks because that purpose and that message that's burning deep inside of your heart is willing to get out. And you want others to be able to experience what you have experienced. This work is not easy. It is a process, but you got this. You can do this. It's not a walk in the park, but nothing in life really is, is it? I believe in you. I believe that this is what we have finally been waiting for. And after we do the foundation and understanding and we connect with the history and we realize the systems that are in place and we do the self-awareness and the deep work, now we can begin to really talk about business because we have a solid foundation and a piece in place. We get to talk about doing business with each other. Do you see how oftentimes we get it wrong? We go into business and use that as the starting point with no foundation, no self-awareness, no systems identification. We think we're just going to succeed. 
my people, that's not the way. This is a multi-prong comprehensive approach and each prong has multiple layers. When this is happening, I want us to now think about how can we use new media, new media storytelling to think about the bigger picture. Let's hear Mayowa Adegoki's experience when she has gone through this process. For individuals in our industry to have that enlightenment, to say, you know what, there's a bigger picture, a bigger picture beyond what happens in our immediate environment, what happens in our um, immediate localities. So as a journalist, yes, tell the stories that are closest and dearest to you, but also think of the big picture, right? Think about how we can integrate, how we can reach across oceans and form this united front. And it's possible, right? It just starts with an idea and it starts with someone willing to take that, you know, step. Mm -hmm. So I think that that enlightenment like I had is really important. And imagine when everyone else shares that enlightenment, they come into that, you know, understanding, they come into that knowledge. Automatically, we're looking to reach across. We're looking to build bridges. We're looking to form connections and we're looking to create this strong foundation that would help, you know, people of Black ancestry, not just in your own country, not like in the Bahamas or in Nigeria or in Lagos, but everywhere, you know, where we can form this united front with the help of the media. And finally, let's listen to Nick Nelson, who also goes by the Brandpreneur, focusing on premium branding, marketing strategies. Nick, did you just open up to everyone? What has your experience been when you started to go through this process and see yourself differently? You open yourself up to engage with different types of people. What you do is you ultimately begin learning. I know it's amazing. Sometimes I astonish myself about how much I know about various industries, things of that nature, because not only is it Black people, but it's various his coaches, his authors, his consultants, his financial advisors, his real estate professionals, his people in government contracting, his uh, financial advisors, his lawyers. Like I have worked with them all. And with that, you learn different things. Mm. And it makes you a well-rounded person by being able and not limiting yourself to the, the type of individual, right? All I've done, all I've done is just niched it down because I've learned that there are riches in niches. I niched it down because what I've learned is that it gives me an angle. And in order to be in this business or business period, you have to have some sort of angle. I niched it down because I understand who I desire to be around and who I desire to work with and who I think will get me the most. You know, people will always judge you, but not look at me as if, who is this crazy black man, right? But will actually appreciate the value that I have, right? That's the big thing that I've learned is that black people are different. Don't tell nobody I said this, mother. You got to fuss at some black folk, right? <laughs> especially those that have had a degree of success who think they know what they're doing, right? You know, I love really important Black people because I love fussing at them because oftentimes they don't know 
what they're doing in this particular space, right? And so it's a humbling period and it's a process. And I love seeing them go through that process. But if they don't respect you, they'll never listen to you, yes. right? If they don't think that you know what you're talking about, they'll never listen to you. And oftentimes I've seen non-Blacks try to work with some of these people and they just scared. And you can't walk into this thing scary. You got to walk into this thing confident and knowing you know what you're doing. And by you doing that, they were like, oh, okay, all right, I got it, okay. And there you have it, folks. You see, the key to global trust in business and diversity and inclusion among Black cultures is this. We have to do our own DEI work if we want to see lasting impact and sustainable change. It's a great time to be innovative. It's a great time to look inward, but you need to have strategic guides. People who have done the work, like Clara Diaz, people who are doing the work, like Dr. Melita Harris-Barrow. Don't be fooled by big numbers and big titles. Don't be fooled by people. I want you to look critically around you. Ask yourself some very honest questions. I started this show for this main purpose, to lead in a space in an area that I'm skilled and gifted at. And every single one of these experiences that my guests have gone through that we're sharing and highlighting today is what I've gone through as well. I've created resources guides, speakers guides to help you along the way when you get to that part of business building and business strategy and business success, there are guides and resources to help you. There's marketing and branding to help you. There's coaching to help you. There is networking to help you grow and thrive. No one's going to just open up all the doors for you. There is a door that only you can open, but I want to encourage you to get up, get up and open this door for yourself. Begin the DEI process, begin the DEI work on yourself so that you begin to unlock the business results, the business exposure, the business strategies, the business sustainability, the business outcomes, and the business impact you truly deserve and your community desires. Until next time, take care and be well. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit clairecommunicationsolutions.com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at clearcommunicationcoach. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.